Peace. Welcome back to the Fadeaway Podcast, episode number seven. I'm your host, Fadi, and I got my boy, Zaid, here with me. Zaid, how you doing, bro? We're good, man. Exciting, exciting week this yeah. week, last we're week. Stump- we're jumpy in the stew today. We're yeah, jumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're High dump- energy today. High energy, bouncing off the walls before we started recording. Nobody saw that, but uh, yeah. a really, really, really good week, man. We're excited yeah. for a lot, a lot of good, th- good things coming yeah. soon, hopefully. you know, A lot of great things coming, man. You know, like when we first started, this is... We were like, yeah, we have a passion for this. And at the end of the day, but for both of us, just ball is life, man. That's what it is. That's what it comes down that's to. Man. Everyone, that's, you grow up saying that ball is life and ball is life. So that's what it is. So let's talk about, man, what a crazy week it's been around the league. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things, especially for the Raptors. I mean, kind of a crappy oh. week. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a one in three week. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll unpack because there's still a lot of positives that we took away from that. A lot of uh, things that we can improve on. So let's let's tackle it, man. Last Monday they took on the Pacers. Yeah. So they beat the Pacers and on then, Sunday, the day before. And then they came back and they lost to the Pacers, uh, one twenty nine to one fourteen. Uh, and I believe that was the last game that was prior to that was the last game Pascal was out. Yeah. It was also the last game Norm and OG played in, because uh, they they were out the last couple of games. So. Yeah. Key personnel was missing. They still scored 114 points. But mm-hmm. the main thing I took away from that, man, was the defense. Letting up 129 points to the Pacers on the second night of a back-to-back was a little bit concerning. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll just let you take it. I don't know what points you had to take from that game specifically. It just it, it, it comes down to defense. The reason why they won the first game and it, they won that first game in close fashion was because of the defense and defensive stops at the at the beginning of the game, at the end of the game especially. Um, in the game that they won, Freddie had that big defensive stop at the end. So... Like you said, it's very hard to win without defense, and you know I think we both agree on that point. And th- oh, do we? We, we? we agree on that point. We do agree on that point, definitely. Uh, doesn't mean that you can't make changes to your defense to improve your defense, uh, which is what the Raptors really need. Um, it, it just didn't look like they were all there. Like I said before about Nick Nurse and his substitutions and his timeouts and his, his rest, the guys looked a bit tired, and I think heavy legs – really contributes to not being able to play defense properly. Right, yeah. Um, another thing that has been going on during this last four-game stretch, even a bit before, and, and we really saw it, I think, this week, is just the disappearance of Chris Boucher. And th- that one is a bit tricky because he's not shooting re- you know, relatively well to how he was shooting. We were saying, God bless you, Chris. You, you were, he was shooting at a high clip. He was defending at a very... He was playing very good defense, rim protecting. He was blocking three-point shots at a rate that we've never really seen before either. So it's been really tricky this this, this week in, in, in general just because of guys in and out of the lineup. You know, OG, Norm, in and out. Pascal's in. He gets injured last week. Is he still injured? Is he playing with an injury? And then obviously, like, depends on the dream that Nick Nurse had the night before. Like, who's going to start? Who's going to play today? Who's is, gonna, is he going to play today? Is he going to play Matt? Is he going to play Yuta? Is he going to play Bembry? Is he going to play Baines? Stanley. How is it going to work? Stanley. So I think a lot of it defensively, all the reasons why the Raptors had a pretty poor week this week, they went one and three this week, is just it's straight up because of the defense and the poor defense. And if you remember last week, I had said, I think it's a reasonable expectation for them to move up to sixth. And they dropped a bit. They dropped a bit and they didn't they didn't get to do it. I think they're they're placed at ninth. Tenth. Tenth, no. tenth at the moment. And they're still only what a game and a half or, or or something small behind from the eighth seed. But this four game you know, span against the Pacers, Bucks, Kings, and Magic, 
I think they should have went three and one. At the very least, they should have went three and one. Two and two. Pacers, Pacers on the second night of a back to back, and then Milwaukee without OG and uh, Norman Powell. I, I'm not gonna sorry. Give Norman the, played that game, but OG didn't play that game. I'm not gonna give him the pass on the Pacers on the second Pacers game because Pacers are also on the back to back. Yeah, it's but they're a good team. Why can't the Raptors be a good team? Well, that's There's, the whole discussion, right? But, but but that's what I'm saying. If you're going to hold the Pacers up to a standard of being a good team, we are holding the Raptors up to a certain standard of being, being a good, good team. team. So if you take care of business on one day, you're both playing back-to-backs. You're both you know, playing in the same cities, both same travel, both same routines. You can't leave the hotel, whatever it may be. What's the excuse here? No right? Pascal, I guess. No Pascal, I guess. That's a that decent excuse, but I mean Pascal is so, so <laughs> up and down as it is. Gets. So, so this week just... You know, first and foremost, just really, really disappointed in the defense. And then what goes along, which, which is kind of the umbrella of the defense, is just the defensive rebounding. In the games that the Raptors lost, very, very poor. And it's, it's you know, without even the numbers, you can look at it and you can see that these teams are dominating on the board. So, for me, biggest thing, defense. Um, and then just, once again, fatigue really, really playing a factor in the Raptors uh, in late games. And, and during the whole game, you know, you find the Raptors constantly battling from behind. And they can never get over the hump because of that fatigue. So I don't know what else you saw from that week that really stood out to you. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I did point out is I was looking at the percentages. So in the mm-hmm. losses, they allowed opposing teams to score. So Indiana was 41% from three as a team. Oof. Milwaukee was 40% from three. Yep. And Sacramento was 44% they got from shooters. three. They can shoot. Uh, three straight opponents to shoot 40-plus as a team mm-hmm. is a bit tough. It's hard to win games yeah. when they're not missing from three. And it seems to be a trend too. Like Sacramento shot 55% from the field on the game. Yeah. You know, Indiana shot 51% from the field on the game. That's, that's unusually high. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Milwaukee shot 40 from the field, but 40 from three. Okay. Yeah. So, so they made up for it. In the it ma- you know, that kind of stuff matters. But then you look at the win against Orlando, they held them to 102 points, right? Yeah. 40% from the field, 36 from three. So you're looking at, okay, well, if we defend the three, if we can step out on that three, yeah, then that's going to help us immensely. And that comes down to who you're playing because, in my opinion, our one of our better perimeter defenders is Utah Watanabe. Mm. And he's being used as a utility guy depending mm. on the matchup. I personally, you personally, this podcast has <laughs> been saying for weeks, yeah, Utah deserves a rotational position. Yeah. Every single time he's been on the court, it's been positive minutes. Yeah. He's excellent at rebounding. He's excellent at shooting the corner three. His form is beautiful. Oh, smooth, bro. So his form is the be- left hand. Yo. He had so a, smooth. Did you see his end of shot clock move in the one game? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Which, I think it was not the last game, the one the before, before. I think. Where he was playing the majority of the fourth. And he, he crosses over. Mm-hmm. And he drives in. And he just finger rolls it above the defender right at the end of the clock. Beautiful. I love my favorite thing is he's so cute with his little fist bump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can know, do just, no wrong, bro. I'm I just love you. his energy, man. And everyone believes that he deserves a rotational spot. Yeah. He's given us great minutes. Um, another guy I want to talk about that's emerged in the last week, DeAndre Bembry. Yes. Yeah. DeAndre yeah. Bembry is looking a little bit more comfortable. Uh, his three is going down a little bit. I don't know his percentages. We can pull that up. But uh, what I saw was a lot more action on defense. Yeah. He's very active. He was reading the screens very well. Yeah. He was switching. Amazing. Uh, his coverage was great. I thought he was giving great minutes in the one fourth quarter, but they rallied and they just lost. It was against Sacramento where they made that comeback. Controversial uh, loss there. Very, which, very, which, yeah. Which we're gonna, we may I'm talk sure about, that, talk one about that one too yeah. with Kalo. Um, but just just an interesting 
dynamic. And another thing I want to point out too is Freddy Steady. I mean Freddy Steady. Freddy Steady. Steady Freddy. Hey. Not so steady Freddy offensively. So over the four games, he had one game where he had 25. Yep. Then he had 10. Then he had 29. Then he had nine. It's like we need that maybe not 29, maybe not 25, but that 20 to 24 every game. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, I think he should be able to do it. He's shown that he can do it. Yeah, he can do it. Absolutely. That's why we, That's why there's the expectation for him to do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on your point on Bembry, great minutes, great defender. And that's how you're going to earn minutes on this team is if you defend. Stanley Johnson's been doing that. He's earned great minutes on this team. Yuta has been playing more than in, in the past. That's how he's earned his minutes. Um, as In terms of shooting, he's it's funny. He, he doesn't shoot much. So he's shooting, what, 60% from the field, 66, 67% from the field in the last game. So... He doesn't shoot much, but when he shoots, it matters. It he had his career play. high this week, 12 points from in that, in that game you, against Sack. Oh, Bembry, sorry, my Bembry's fault. Bembry's been shooting my that, fault, but yes, yeah. exactly. Yuta has had 12 points in, in the uh, game against the Kings, I believe yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so he had great minutes. Um, the thing I want to say about Freddie, and I, this is not only for Freddie. It's, it's for the core three or four guys of this team. And it's for Nick Nurse. I think I think number one it's for Nick Nurse, and then number two it's for these guys on the on the core the core guys on the team. Is that there's got to be a way where everybody is clicking at all times. And I've said that in previous weeks. And it's it's not it's not a team if your one star is dropping twenty five to thirty and your next star is dropping fifteen to sixteen seventeen points. The whole point of a team is that they're all working together. I understand. Oh geez, out of the lineup, Norm's out of the lineup. Kyle Lowry's in and out. Freddie Freddie knows his role. Freddie Freddie. Pretty much, the you know, if not this year, the next year, the keys are going to be handed to him at the starting point guard role. You're leading the offense. You're leading this team. You come out, and you lead this team on the floor. What it, it just can't seem to happen is that our the stars can't, they're not, they can't play cohesively. And that's a concern because you've got hundreds of millions of dollars tied up in these three guys plus a norm who you really value. So... In terms of Freddie, I think he'll pick it up. I, I think Freddie's been – he hasn't been that steady this week, but on, in terms of the whole season, he's been one of the more steady guys on the team. Um, one thing I, I wanted to point out – I, I, I want to give flowers to this, but I also wanted to caution it. And that was Pascal and how he's been playing this week and how he's been attacking the paint. I think it's great that he's been attacking the paint. I think – the way he's been driving, the way he's been posting up, the way he's been getting to the paint has been phenomenal. He's doing it with, you know, w- with intent. He wants to get there. He wants to go down low. He wants to finish strong. My concern is he hasn't scored outside of the paint in the last two or three games. If he had scored, it maybe was one bucket or two buckets. It It's not many. And now I'm getting into this kind of, you know, reminiscing a little bit, like, is he going to become like a DeMar DeRozan who doesn't even think about shooting the three? Because he can develop a mid-range jumper, mid-range jumper, which, okay, you want, you know what? Start inside and start developing out. I'm just concerned he won't do it. So my concern is you love Pascal being in the paint. You love him being aggressive. This is our $150, $140 million max guy, whatever the, the amount is. Do you want a guy like that who doesn't shoot threes? Is that reliable? Is that reliable in the playoffs? Is that reliable for a team's future? I don't think so. I think you really got to mix it up. I did see him take a three in the last game. That was a three maybe in the third quarter. He had taken it after he had dropped 20 in the paint already. It was like a, a wide open free three-point three point attempt, and he missed it. Fair. I'm okay with him missing that. He's hot. Take the shot. But I need to see 
more variety from the game from a max guy. Yeah. Yeah, his shot has kind of disappeared, unfortunately, and it's really sad to watch. Mm-hmm. His confidence from sh- his confidence in his shot looks like it's gone. Yeah. Even when he's shooting, it's like, eh. Yeah. I, I feel like I forgot how to put it up properly kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're right. He did attack the rim ruthlessly against Amazing, the Magic. Amazing, which I love. Don't get me wrong about it. And it's, it's crazy how effective it is, and then yeah. he just goes away from it. You know, like... He did such a good job yesterday against Orlando, and I think someone was on the bench just telling him, like, pounding it in his head, just drive. Keep going. Because sure. he looked at everybody like barbecue chicken. Yeah. It didn't matter yeah, who was, was in front of him. Was. If it was Vooch, if it was Aaron Gordon, mm-hmm. if it was Kem Birch, you're not stopping me today, fam. Yeah. Like, family, I'm getting to the rim, and he, <laughs> you're not going to do anything about it. And I love that, but you're right. Like, come when the game slows down a little bit, you need to stretch the floor. You need to at least be a 36% shooter. Yeah. Like, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. his his averages, like, his... Pascal has been slacking this year, in my opinion, like offensively. Last game was very positive, the 30 points. Yeah. Uh, if he can maintain that aggression, I think he can, you know, find that consistency. And because and, it frees up the defense as well, right? Like when you're attacking the rim and then you want to settle for a shot, you're going to get a better shot. Of Rather course, than if you yeah. just settle for a shot, they're just going to take away your shot the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense for him. Like, uh, on the season, in terms of his averages, like they're not the greatest. I mean, forty twenty four percent from three. Oh, that's ugly, man. That's tough. Twenty four percent from the three point line is not going to cut it. You can't. And, and, like that's unacceptable. And and what I will give him credit for is that he's realizing that he's twenty four percent from the three, and you can tell he's he's just he's dialed in on driving and attacking the basket, which is like, yo, listen, you've identified your strength. And you're going after it. And I love that. It's just a concern. Can you shoot? Are you going to be able to shoot? The only way you can really develop your shot, obviously you practice, you know, you know, when the lights are all turned off and the cameras are all turned off. But can you shoot in game? Shooting in practice is not like shooting in game. It's a way different story. So I just don't want Pascal to get caught up and I'm always going to attack the basket. Another thing other than variety is that attacking the basket takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll on your legs. It takes a toll on... You know, you know, just, you know, hitting yourself against larger defenders, bigger guys down in the paint. When you play 40 minutes, 40 minutes plus, you're going to get fatigued. That's going to affect your takes to the basket. That's going to affect your, your legs in late game free throws. That's going to affect your, your legs in late game shooting. So it, it, it's, it's so tough for me to look at Pascal and say, keep going, keep attacking the basket, keep doing it. I want him to. I love that he's doing it. But I need to see variety. I need him to, to start to at this point, the floor as well. At this point, if he becomes like a – because it's kind of – it's trending that he's becoming like a Giannis-esque type player, right, in the sense where yeah. his strengths are attacking, uh, but he's a much better free throw shooter than, mm-hmm. than a, Giannis. If he wants to transform into that role and it works for the team, by all means, he can become the guy who can distribute the ball as well because he's become a great passer. He's become better. This, this season, his vision, his passing, his, his willingness to pass is better. Mm-hmm. So – I'm saying if he just becomes a guy who's attacking the whole time and then you're dishing it out and everyone's just you surround him with shooters. Yeah. Why not? It can work. Run, it can work. If I mean, yesterday it worked against Orlando. He was just getting what he wanted. Yeah. Orlando's a good team, but I'm talking about we want to go up against some some quality competition, not an Orlando. Sure, Magic but I mean, team Orlando's and, still a good defensive team, and that's what matters. Like if you're looking at your opponent and you're not afraid, like you're going to go, you're going to go far, man. I, I, I'm just concerned. It's a concern to bring up. If if they can surround him with the appropriate shooters, you know, Nick Nurse doesn't really I, – I don't think he has much shooters 
or pure shooters at his disposal. The only pure shooter on the team is Matt Thomas, and he's not going to play him. We know that. Yeah. I don't know well, what. Don't well, we know. can talk about that because he actually did play him this week, and I think some people's eyes were open. My eyes were open, mm-hmm. especially. He's but it's never terrible cons- on it's, defense. That's the issue, and that's why he's not playing him, and it, it looks very bad. It wasn't just bad. It was terrible. Yeah. Like, it looked like a guy who didn't belong here. Yeah. Yeah. You know when you, when you pull up to to the campus gym, and it's like the tier one guys, like all the former guys on the team, and you're just trying to get a run in. <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like. Like, bro, in second year we played and we signed up for intramural basketball. They didn't mention tiers. The A like, tier. We signed up for the A tier willingly. I I thought we no, were no no we were we were willingly in the no A-tier. we were tier two man we were tier were two, we? but we were top tier two so they put us in the playoffs against tier one and we played against guys that were. Former. Actually, on the team before those guys were different. It it literally was like the monsters, and I imagine <laughs> yeah. when when Matt Thomas was on the court, <laughs> that that's exactly what it felt like for him. He was there was the one possession where he was just slacking the whole time. It was uh, who who was it, man? It was the rook. I can't remember who it was, um, but he come. It was uh, um, Halliburton, Tyrese yeah. Halliburton, and he comes around the screen, and he's the whole time he's trailing him. He's trailing him, and then he tries to reach from behind as on if shot, yeah. as if that's gonna stop anything. Matty T gets gives up the end one. It's just like three steps behind the whole time, and I get it. Like he's bad. He's bad. <laughs> in in like five possessions. That's you got like ten probably, to fifteen yeah. points you can give up at max. I actually think with him there, you're giving up like eight. And that's the difficulty because the one elite shooter that the Raptors have, they can't. He's not really playable on the defensive end, and especially at the rate that they're giving up three point shots, it's like you can't put Matt Thomas on. You need guys. No, you I want to ask you a question, actually. With regards to the three point, uh, the opponent three point shooting, and I want to just theoretically speaking, theoretically thinking, because Nick Nurse relies so much on his own off, uh, his own defense. Do you think that could be contributing to the reason why the Raptors give up such a high percentage in three points made, or and even in three points attempted? Well, absolutely, and I think a, a big focal point to their defense was we're going to give up corner threes, mm-hmm. but we're confident that we're going to shut everything else down at such a high rate that this won't matter to us, even though statistically the corner three is the highest percentage three in basketball. Yeah, It's the yeah. shortest distance three in basketball, yeah. right? So if you're going to let one shot go, you would think it wouldn't be that one, but that's the one that they're letting go willingly, and it's just a part of their scheme. And and I it's, honestly think that's also a contributing factor to why they can't rebound, because they're so much they're so busy covering zones yeah. that they're not checking their guy they're not boxing out properly. It could be one and, thing, yeah. And, and like, I don't know. I feel like zone basketball should be way more comfortable for these athletes, but like it's like foreign concept to these pros. Well, some of, I, like not foreign like now especially it's very common. Yeah. But when when like for example when the Raptors are playing against the zone they forget how to play basketball. <laughs> And it's like, dude, like when Miami plays us in the zone, it's like, yeah, dude, what, they what's, build the wall and that's it. What yeah. happened? Did yeah. they did they not show up today? Like, yeah. what's going on? So, it could be a part of it. I think it is definitely a part of it. As you know, like anyone who's played basketball, you know, zone defense shooters. It, like they're you're shoot. eating if you're yeah. a shooter, yeah. and that's what it is. So they they have to give up. But it's like, man, there's no way this scheme is give up shots and rebounds. Like, there's no way he's like, we're going to give up threes and, and rebounds. Like, wh- where's the defense and, there? And one more thing to add to that problem. So you're giving up corner threes. And I think they're giving up threes all over the place. It's not just the corner threes. The, the way they're playing it is they're giving up threes all over the floor. Um, they're not rebounding. And the Raptors are amongst the bottom in, in, in fouls in the league. They they I think that they're the third last in fouls in the league, in, which means they're fouling the third most. Uh, the 
Yeah, third most in the yeah, league, yeah. right? So when you can't guard the perimeter or you can't guard shooters and you can't guard inside, it's just a recipe for disaster. And you're, you're not rebounding at the same time as well. So something on the defensive end needs to improve. Uh, it, it's, we, I, I think the Raptors have the personnel to play elite defense, like top 10, top five defense in the league. There's no reason why you've got players with size and length like OGs, like Pascal's, like Stanley, like Bembry's, like Yuda, like Norm with that with Norm's energy, and you can't be a top ten defense in the league. There's no excuse for that. So I, that's been the, the biggest Achilles heel. Every facet of defense for the Raptors just hasn't been up to par, and that's why you see them losing games. Yeah, and I just want to point out that their defensive rebounding, in terms of where they they sit, their bottom four in the league. <laughs> And if you're giving up more possessions than your opponents, it's hard. And a lot of times when they're making those runs and they'll make a great defensive stop and then they'll give up a dumb long rebound and then it's a wide open three. And everything you just did. It hurts. It's gone. It's gone to the trash. So um, I want to bring up something that we I didn't really get a chance to bring up earlier because I totally forgot to when you were talking about Chris Boucher. Um, But I think a big reason is the sort of the resurgence of Aaron Baines. Absolutely, it is. I agree with that. Right? Like, over his last two games, he's got 26 rebounds. You know, 16 and 10. Bainesy! Over the last two games, right? That's that's season high in in the last two games. So, I feel like he's maybe getting a little bit more comfortable. I mean, every night before I go to bed, I pray that he stops shooting the three. Yeah. He's shooting 23%, and it just doesn't stop him. Yeah. And we we said this on Twitter. He shoots like you you know in 2K when you hold the – the form the too long, button, yeah, <laughs> dude. Like, there's a reason you're open. You know, like yeah. if Shaq stood at the three, Shaq would be wide open. Twenty three percent, Bainsey, mm-hmm. not gonna cut it. I don't mm-hmm. think that was ever part of his game that he. But I want to say, when Gasol first joined the Raptors, yeah, he looked very discombobulated. He was also shooting at a very low percentage and only shooting, mm-hmm. and then he became very passive for a little bit, and then he got comfortable. I think that Nick uh, Nurse's system is very complicated in the sense where it needs high IQ guys. Okay. And it's not an easy system where you – like, the Raptors don't make midseason trades four times a year. Mm-hmm. That's not what they're known for. Yeah. So, I feel like in those – when you have a team like that, you have to have systems that are adjustable yeah. to new guys coming in and guys leaving. But for the Raptors, it's so very, like, this is what we do. This is how we do it. You either fit in or you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to bring up something because uh, this just happened right now. Uh, but apparently, the Raptors uh, and the Wizards were talking about Bradley Beal. Ooh. And an offer was made, and the Raptors declined it. What was so, the offer? So they wanted Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and two first-round picks for Brad Beal alone. And uh, they're wow. like, no. Nah. Raptors have declined and backed away. Are you doing that? Um, so As what I was going to say is that brings me back to the system, man. Like. Dang. This is this is against everything the organization stands for. You're giving up your two best defenders, no question. Your two best defenders are going, and you're bringing in a guy who's just a straight scorer. Yeah, right? he's a bucket. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. Lowry is old, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not really relying on him being a part of the future of this franchise. Yeah. So you bring in Brad Beal. He's here for like two and a half, three years. Brother, two and, and then half, you, three years. Two and a half, three years. And then what, you have him and Freddie. You gave up picks, you gave up OG, you gave up Pascal. I'm going to make your answer a lot simpler and a lot easier for you to get to. He's, his contract is done after this season, it's looking like. No, 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 no. 2021. Oh, I lied. 2023. We're good. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's that what I was like. That changes no, a lot. No, no, no. <laughs> that changes a lot. We're good. Two, two to three years, which is, is a, it's a, I mean, it's, it's, an, a good a, of time. it's an appealing deal. But at the end of the day, we're just going to become Washington. 
because you gave up all your defenders, you gave yeah. up everything, and you're pretty much putting him in the same position he was in when he was in Washington, which is I can score you 40 a game, but I'm not going to impact winning. Yeah. And and he he's literally doing that. And it's not like, you know, what's he going to do? We're going to put 60 a game here? Like there's no way you can do better than 40 a game. And if you can't impact winning a 40 game cuz your team can't make stops, and then you come to a team that gave up its best defenders, I mean, it's a tough it's tough to say no to that, especially when you need scoring. But the trade-off just isn't worth it. And the two first round, if it was just the two guys or maybe just Pascal and two first, then I would, yo, ship but Pascal? It. Oh, Pascal and yes, two first, yes, ship it. Yes. But you want Pascal, OG, and two first, that's way too much value defensively. Yeah, yeah. And you're literally left with Aaron Baines. Like, Kyle Lowry is, yeah, Kyle Lowry and Fred yeah. Van Lee are the good guard defenders. You're going to start Stanimal. You're going to start one of these guys. Who, the who goes to the bench, though? Like, yeah. are you going to start Brad at the three and then start Kyle and Fred at the one and two? You have to. And then to. you have that's a very undersized lineup? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Get, like, I, I agree with that point. That, that That's that's absolutely. It's way it sounds like the, It sounds like they're going to revert back to being Washington all over again, and it just doesn't make sense. And he does not seem like in, in that. It wouldn't work with Nick Nurse. I just I, I see why they declined it. I'm not upset. No, no, hundred percent. I don't think it's anything to be upset about. I I do think it won't be the last time the the Raptors and the Wizards enter trade talks. I know that it said that the report says that you know the the Raptors have backed away from it. I think once the Wizards continue to shop and continue to see that you know although Bradley Beal's value is pretty high, he's not worth that much. I don't think he's worth two of your core players plus two first-round picks. So I wouldn't be surprised if a deal like that happens where they take an OG or a Pascal plus two picks. That's a, I think that's a very favorable te- deal for both teams. Um, and, and in terms of, of, of impacting winning basketball, you're right. Like Bradley Beal scores, drops 40 and can't, can't win a game. Over so, like an eight-game span. They were like one and seven. Right. So <laughs> and, and, you know, we need defenders. The Raptors need defenders. The Raptors pride themselves in the last eight years even before nurse even when it was doing case it was defense this is a defensive minded team that's how the raptors are going to win games you bring in bradley and you let go of two i mean one your two best one, defenders. one primary defender and pascal who is an exceptional defender and is long and and as, and as athletic as him you know why you know it. why i think that they play zone you know why i think they play zone primarily because pascal is an incredible team defender but i don't think he's a very good one-on-one defender I don't think when checking one-on-one, he's been that great. Mm. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm just going off watching the game, eye test. We know basketball. We've been around basketball. So he's less comfortable. And I feel – and the thing is, his team defense is elite. Like it's where his placements on the court, his rotations, his closeouts, he's amazing. Right? And it works really well for the zone. But I don't know. Like why else would they only – because they only play zone. Well, it's not only that. I think – a lot of the times, the lineup is very undersized. When you look at the from one through three, you can have Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, and Norm Powell, who is a six four two or six four three, which is very undersized as well. So, when you think about going one on one against guys, especially now point guards in the league sometimes can be six five six six, two guards can be six 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 seven, mm-hmm. and our or the Raptors um, one and two are six one six two six. Yeah. If, if anything, right? So being undersized at the perimeter is, a, is another big reason why the Raptors play uh, that zone defense. And that zone defense has worked. Let's not get it, like, let's not get it wrong. Let's not get it twisted. 
that zone defense has won champion has won a championship. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it hasn't worked. I just don't with think championship that, personnel though. I, the personnel is different this time around. So I don't think Nick Nurse can rely on that box and one as much as he did with a Kawhi and Danny yeah. Green. And and, and, and they the, brought up a great point in the sense where like, bro, you have Pascal and Serge, right? Those are like two elite defenders, top of the league, yeah. intelligent ball IQ. Like they clean up a lot of the mess that the other guys make. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Baines is not that guy. Yeah. Like, Gasol can see two, three plays ahead on defense. So he can, okay, Norm is over on this one or he's under on this one. Like, I'm going to sub in here. I'll shift wherever. And, and you know, I'll, I'll do whatever needs to be done. So I think that that missing him and Gas- and, uh, and Ibaka from an IQ standpoint, for sure, it's an adjustment. It's huge. Uh, and like you said, the size. But let's let's do one more uh, one more Raps-related topic, then move on, because there's a lot to talk about around the league. Um, but Kyle Lowry, um, I want to I wanna just say, like, I'm kind of getting annoyed a little bit. Not annoyed, but um, people on Raptors Twitter want to act like he's LeBron James of Toronto, and like yeah. I get it. He he's been here the longest. We you know he he's he was here the best the best years of the franchise. He's goaded, but let's not like you know the outside of Kawhi's season, he's been a fringe playoff performer. That's just Kyle Lowry. He's an inconsistent offensive player. That's just who he is. That's fine. It is what it is. I just think at this point in his career, the Raptors. I just think you're I, laying the hammer down. I just think. Wow. I just think at this point, the Raptors could benefit off shipping Kyle Lowry from two things, from two two sides of it. From his perspective, it's a win-win because I think he deserves at this point in his career to be on a contending team mm. where he's not a part of a rebuild. Because call it what you want, this is a rebuild. It's a rebrand at, at the very rebrand. least. I, I like the rebrand. Right? It's a, a rebrand one. at That's the very one. least. But that and with a rebrand, it's not maybe a six, seven year process like a rebuild, mm-hmm. but it's a one to two year process. And then you know you start picking up traction. Maybe one year pick up traction. He's yeah. already 36 right now, 30, 34, 36. Whichever one he is, I think he's 36. He's 36. Um, but he's an older gentleman. You know, he yeah. I think he could benefit off being off a contender. And on the opposite side, the Raptors, rather than letting him walk and get nothing from him, yeah. because I don't, I don't want him in the future of this franchise. I, his time here was great. He's amazing. Yeah. But you signed Fred Van Vliet not to start him with another Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. Like, I personally believe a lot of the times Fred take, is taken out of the game is when he defers. He defers to Kyle yeah. a lot because he has to. But when Kyle's out, he takes over because that's his team. He's mm-hmm. the guy. Mm-hmm. And we said it on a couple pods ago. It's the DeLon, Freddie dynamic of pick one let one go and develop the one i think at, at this point you can get value pieces man there's yeah. a lot of teams right now that are looking to give up like a houston is not not houston but like because uh, that won't work there Philly. at all but like teams like that that are contending that have like some key pieces you can make some moves man and and try to get like a utility guy a defense guy like a bigger guard a lonzo ball kind of thing like I don't know, man. It, there's just options, and at this point, I just don't think Kyle Lowry's a part of the future, and I don't think he's a solution to the current problem. Mm. Thank you for your time, brother. I'm just okay with if if he leaves. Like I, I'm cool with it. There's a few things I'm gonna address from your statement that I know you're speaking a little bit out of anger, and then you're a bit you're you're a bit upset at Kyle, fringe playoff performer. I think is a bit too far. No, man. I think it's absolutely a bit too far as this as the leader of the team, emotional leader of the team, as a guy who is essentially the second option on a championship team, second option in the playoffs. Listen, yeah, you're pulling up the numbers right now. Don't worry. I got the numbers up for you right now. 
averages in the playoffs in the last, this is the last eight years, whatever you want to call it, 17, 15, 17.4, 15.8, 19.1, 12.3, 21.1 1 points a game. That dates back to 2013-2014 season. Shooting percentages has never been great in the playoffs. We know that. He struggled um, in order from going in, in, in years prior. Uh, 42%, 44%, 50%, 47%, 40%, 30%, 40% from the field. Not great shooting, but still leadership shooting. Um, still leadership contributions. And he brings a lot more than just shooting, a lot more than scoring. Uh, he facilitates the offense. He runs the offense. He does the intangibles, and, and he has the toughness. He, 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 he creates plays out of nothing for you a lot of the time, and he gives you timely buckets and timely defensive plays and timely defensive stops. To be a fringe playoff player is, is a bit too much for me. I, I can't agree with you. Because yeah, the, he's, he's... The championship season, he shot 43% from the field. What's wrong with that? In the postseason, that's low. That's not efficient. On for fifteen points, how many shots are you taking on that? Let's see. Okay, that's fine. But it, it, twelve shots to get fifteen points in a whole playoff—that that's fringe. Five for twelve. Last year, forty-two percent. He went down thirty-two percent from three. It's not all about shooting. You're just going based off of shooting but off of one shooting. thing. He is. Shooting. You're going based put off of 14. one statistic. He doesn't he put just up fourteen shoot. shots a game. Bro. He doesn't just shoot though. That's why you're not. But fourteen not shots a game is you're launching the cannon. Okay. Why are you launching the cannon if you're a fringe he's scorer? The, he's still the primary guy on the team, unfortunately. That's he's how the not, team is He should not be the primary. But that's, that's the point. He's one of the primary At this guys point, on the team. Freddie is a more reliable primary option. Pascal is right. literally the max guy. I, I agree with you. You're talking Why about is this, he here? You're talking about this season. We're talking and about playoffs. Season. We're talking about playoff. You're talking about playoffs in general. Yeah, yeah. Not fringe playoff performer. Uh, uh, not fringe playoff performer. Inconsistent playoff performer. But has showed up. Has had games. Had, has had good playoff series for the Raptors. I'm not going to accept fringe. You can say has been inconsistent. I'll go with that. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one, but not fringe. That's number one. Number two, just theoret like theoretically, you can't trade away Kyle Lowry. And the reason why is because the Raptors have dealt with every single superstar that they've ever had or star that they've ever had poorly near the end of their time with the Raptors. You cannot trade away as much as I think trading away would benefit him. I think socially for the organization it's a bad look to trade is away it though? your but, goat. Yes. But if you trade him to a great winning if situation. Requests, if he requests a trade, I'm okay, I'm cool with that. Oh, if man, you yeah, trade yeah, him yeah. blindsidedly. Like, no, hey, no. I'm, I'm saying like put put him in a room. Be like, yo, Caleb. How do you feel about it? Thank you for your service. You've you been great. Okay. We have, you know you know who's doing that right now? JJ Redick. Did you hear about that? I know they're, they're shopping him. Because they, they pretty much took him out of the rotation. They want Stan Nikhil. Like him. Yeah. They want Nikhil in there. Yeah. They want their youth in yeah. there, whatever yeah. the case may be. Mm -hmm. He's not playing well. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yo, Sim, I want to go to either Brooklyn, New York, Philly, or right, whatever, because right, right. my house is in the, whatever. Whatever it is. Sit him down. He's if earned the that, respect. If they do that, absolutely. If, Sit him if, down and yeah. be like, yo, Philly, like, come on, let's go home, fam. It's it's also, <laughs> it's, it, it's a win-win. I, I agree with you on the pieces. It's just, in general, a bad look, I think. And it's, it's not a look I don't think the, the Raptors want to have, especially Masai, who's in a contract year and who's looking to maybe leave. I don't think that's going to be a look that Masai wants to have. His, his reputation is that, yeah, sure, he wins, but he trades away his star players. you think a star player is going to come to him the next, the next place he goes to? I don't know. It's a lot riskier. I agree with you. A trade could be so beneficial for the team because of the pieces that they can grab for a Kyle Lowry. Socially, like that, that, you know, the whole corporate social responsibility kind of thing. Mm. It just doesn't sit well with a fan base, number one, with an organization. And I think even with Kyle Lowry, like you don't want to be able to joke around with a DeMar DeRozan, you know, with a, a Chris Bosh, with a Vince Carter and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, I'm just another one of those guys who 
got shipped out at the end of my, my time here, whatever. So as much as I think it, it would be beneficial to trade him for pieces, I just think you can't. What I will say is there needs to be a lot less reliance on Kyle Lowry. A lot less reliance, and that means lesser minutes. That means lesser. You can't, but that's even more disrespectful, in my opinion. I don't think so. Not at all. Not his age. How he's not at his reducing age. his role because he's still good. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not arguing that he's good or, or not good. But when he plays extended minutes, when he has a bigger role, it wears on him in the game, and but he you needs to think, also understand. You don't that. think benching him is more disrespectful than trading him to a contender? Bench. Reduces minutes by five to ten minutes. That's per game. Five to ten minutes. Yeah. Do you think he's gonna be okay with that? Then demand a trade and then go. That, but then that's but then a, that that's you've burnt the bridge there. I don't think so. If you sit him down and say, "Yo, listen," I'm not asking you to be a role player. He's a prideful guy. This is you're, Kyle Lowry. You're 36 years old. Yeah, but Kyle Lowry coming off the it, Raptors bro. bench. No, 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 no. Reduce role, not off the bench. Keep him starting. You how? What's keep as, as long as they're yo. starting, they're gonna play a lot of minutes together, and naturally, Fred's just gonna deflect. Just because you're starting doesn't mean you're playing the majority of the minutes. We saw that with the Bane starting and Chris Boucher coming in. It was possible. That's an extreme case. I wouldn't want it to be like that, but I think lesser minutes, I think more rest for Lowry is going to make him more effective, and I think more run for Freddie alone at that number one spot is going to be a lot more effective for Freddie and for the team. Yeah. So that's what I'll say. That's how I'm going to end it off for, yeah. for the Raptors. Let's move on around the league. So there's a lot to talk Ooh. about around the league, but... Let's sum it up because we want to get into some trades as well. Yeah. I have a trade that I think would rock your socks. <laughs> so we'll see. Let's talk about the Houston Rockets, baby. Yes. Uh, over the last six games since they got Oladipo, um, they're the number one defense in the league. Yeah. They're 6-3 and three since trading James Harden. On the season, they're second overall defensively. Yeah. The Rockets have just pumped off five straight wins. Yeah. They're back to 599. And from, I think... Went from 4-9 to 99. I think... Given health to Victor, John, and Christian Wood, yep, this is a mid, like a four to seven seed. And the way that they're playing right now, assuming they don't trade anybody as well, because defensively, they're they're there. And for a team to give up James Harden and get so good on defense is poetic to me. Not yeah, not shocking at all. It's we poetic to me. We like the fact that they not just a good, they're the number one defense, bro. <laughs> like, number one. There's no one in the whole professional basketball league that's better than these guys. And that to me is so funny uh, because when you look on the opposite end of where he went, the they're team. historically bad defense. So that's that's a whole different discussion, but. Houston Rockets, man, like, how do you feel about them? I'm going to say right off the bat, right when they made the trades, uh, right when they shipped Harden, I messaged Mark Malik, Greg, Mm -hmm. friend of the show, Mm -hmm. big Rockets fan. I said, make room for me on the bandwagon. I'm hopping on because I love the team. We love Christian Wood. This is a Christian Wood friendly podcast. Oh, yeah. Christian Wood is the man. You're a big John Wall guy. Yeah. yeah, I like like me some old Depot from a singing perspective. He's a dope artist. I like what he's about. And I just like those guys, man. It's a good big three. And then you got the Marcus Cousins, P.J. Tucker as your grit and grind guys. Yeah. There's no better guys in the league for grit and grind. Like Christian Wood um, on a podcast, they were asking him about an encounter or physical, like a fight that happened. He's like, oh, man, we got big cuz for that. That's dangerous, bro. We got big cuz for that, bro. Just I don't even need to say or do anything. Just big cuz. Handle it. You think he cares? He's a friend of a technical foul, bro. That's his boy. (laughs) Come here, tech. So I, I like Houston, man. Where do you stand? I like Houston. Ever since the trade, ever since they shipped Harden, like you said, ever since they got Old Depot, we're like, whoa, that big three. You add a DC in there as well. 
Uh, hopefully he's healthy. You know, we love the idea of it. Uh, I, I even love the idea of it when James Harden was on that team. It just didn't seem like it, he was happy to be there anyways. But so, you know, good riddance to James Harden on that point. Um, not only have they improved defensively, they've also improved their three-point shooting, actually, um, throughout this, this, this five-game winning streak and in the, in the, in overall in the season. So that's a big low-key statistic that you wouldn't expect really to, to, to improve with James Harden leaving, but they've got a lot better shooting the three-point. I am concerned because I think this five-game losing streak is great, but I think the defensive improvement is very premature to praise. Only because out of all those teams that they played, only one of those wins came against a team with a with a top thirteen offense. So they're not going up against you know competition that's you know necessarily really strong offensively. So defensively, they should be having their way. And given the guys that they have, you know they should be performing well defensively. So I'm not totally against the Rockets. I think the Rockets could be a great team. You said four to seven. I'm gonna. I, I was thinking four or five. Even I was thinking they can even make it. You know, between four and five, I think they can be a great team. Um, coach Silas, who's a first-year coach, we don't know anything about him. Nobody knows much about him. He's proven that he can manage guys and manage guys who have star power, which is really great. Um, another one of my concerns is, although they've been scoring better, John Wall and Old Depot haven't necessarily been scoring better together while they're on the floor. Both aren't necessarily considered to be shooters. I, Old Depot, I think, a better shooter than John Wall. John Wall, more of a guy to drive and attack the basket. I think once they, you know, once they get their footing in, it's only been, you know, what, a few games. Um, oh, it's only been three games, I think, since, since the trade because a bunch of, you know, COVID protocols and people not playing. Once they get their footing together, I think they're going to be really good. Um, I just think it's a bit too early to give the praise just because of the competition they've been going up against. Uh, as the season progresses, if they're staying top ten defense in the league, then this is a dangerous dark horse, dark horse in the e, uh, in the Western Conference, and they can go places. So I, I love, I, lo I just love the way they're constructed. I think mm -hmm. guys complement each other. I think uh, guys can play well together. The reunion of Demarcus Cousins and John Wall, Christian Wood having a great season. Old Depot has something to prove. Um, by being on this, they team. both do. So uh, everyone, everyone does really. Team, everyone on the team has something to prove. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with your, you know, your essentially your core four guys at PJ Tucker as well and your coach. So it, it's a great story to watch. It's a great team to watch, and I'm, I'm glad that you finally denounced the Mavs because the Mavs are in in, in shambles right yeah, now. Yeah, it's bad. Um, are you denouncing Luca yet? No, no, you're still on the Luca. No, no, but no. he's special, man. His okay. teammates are trash. Look at their percentages. <laughs> like these guys are awful. They're missing Seth Curry, who's putting out a 50-50-100 season right now. Yeah, uh, they're 11-0 yeah. with South Curry on the floor. Maybe 12-0 now with South Curry on the floor. Yeah. Uh, that's incredible. Like, yeah. it's... He's... Like, talk about... Got it out the mud. Legit. Yeah, yeah. Talk about in got the, it out the, the mud. In the D-League, like, like, bounced around. He went to Duke, so he was a highly recruited kid. Yeah. And then it just went downhill. He couldn't even land, like, a like a partial 10-day contract. Yeah. Then he gets one, like, five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Fast forward however it. many years, he and now it. he's a rotational guy, man. Like, kudos to him. He's a reliable shooter, 50 50 100. He's definitely going to be on pace for 50 40 90. Mm -hmm. um, but let's talk on the flip side of, of that because I feel like whenever you talk Houston, you got to talk Brooklyn because that, that's like the, the big trade that happened this yeah. year. Yeah. Brooklyn's offense is historically amazing. There's no doubt. Nobody's going to stop three 30 point scores. That they can score at will. And then you throw in a Joe Harris who can get you 30 when he's open. Sure. You throw in Jeff Green who can get you 20 to 25 on occasional nights, which he has. 
in the mm-hmm. last few nights. Mm-hmm. And then you got TLC, Shamit. You've got guys. Yeah. Streaky guys, right? Decent. So offensively, the team, there's no question. Yes. Right when the trade happened, we talked defense on here. I said, next week. I'm like, right now they're 13th. You're like, oh, they're not that bad. I'm like, next week mm-hmm. they're going to be 20th. You're like, oh, we'll see, we'll see. Mm-hmm. They're 29th right now defensively. Yeah. yeah. That is atrocious. They're like mm-hmm. historically bad. Mm-hmm. No team since 02 has won a championship with a less than 11th ranked defense. Yeah, yeah ever. absolutely. They're 25th right now in the, on the season, 29th in the last few games, I think, mm-hmm. since the Harden trade. Yeah. That's unacceptable. That's not going to cut it. And that kind of leads me to the trade that I was thinking. Because I was like, before before you do the trade, sure, let's let's let me, talk let, about give it. Give me a rebuttal. Sure, I just sent you so this graphic I, earlier. Yeah, saying regardless of defense, regardless of offense, both the the Nets and both the Rockets have the same record since the trade, six and three. Yeah, but do you know who the Nets have played? I have it. They had a few guys. Who do they have? They played. Um, well, the of Bucks. the highlights, they played Orlando. Yeah, Cleveland twice, Miami twice without Tyler Hero or Jimmy Butler. Yeah. OKC mm-hmm. and Washington. So both teams haven't really gone against quality. They gave up one. They oh, gave up one fifteen no to Orlando. They gave up one forty seven and one twenty five to Cleveland. One twenty four mm. to Miami with nobody. Yeah. One twenty eight to Atlanta. Atlanta is a good team. They can score, but still one twenty eight is unacceptable. One twenty five to OKC. Who does OK? Who stars for OKC? Let's not sleep on the Canadians, bro. Sure, but they're Dort's not going to drop one hundred twenty five. Yeah. And Lou yeah. Dort's not a squad. I have him yeah. on fantasy. I messed up. He had a, <laughs> he had a couple good games. I yeah. got ahead of myself. Yeah. And then one forty nine to Washington, bro. And that in regulation, was, that one was a stab in the heart. That was like, oh, come what an on, ending man. to that game, though. But yeah. uh, unacceptable. I mean. I'll let you rebuttal from here, but this is just it's not looking good. Defensively, there's no rebuttal. They're the worst in the league. There's there's it's a, it's historic, it's 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 documented, it's done. What I'm banking on and what I'm sure every Nets you know what a Nets fan is banking on is there's been rumors. There's been rumors about them going and get going to get Drummond in the bio market if he gets bought out. I'm not sure you told me Shumpert got signed. I don't know if that was a rumor or for that. Yeah, facts. finalizing a deal with the Nets. He's finalizing a deal with the Nets who can be a guy who give you quality minutes on a defensive end. So they're trying to improve defensively. They know they're weak defensively. So you as a Nets fan or anybody as a Nets fan has to sit and pray that they improve defensively. Once that happens, it's it's I think it's not it's not it's not, you know, it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows since then from then because it's going to be tough to integrate all these new guys into the team, but they're going to improve. So defensively, it's not going to cut it. Offensively, they're historic. If only you could always outscore your opponent. Um, it just doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, we saw against the against the Wizards. Like that Wizards game, I was like, man, I'm going to get demolished this week when we recorded because I know like the, literally a team who cannot buy a win. Bradley Beal cannot buy a win. 150 in and four they quarters. Drop 150 and and they win the game off a game winner. And it's like, come on, dude, like. As someone who's, who's trying to defend the Nets, you're not, they're not giving me much to deal with. But go ahead for this trade. Let's see what you got yeah. cooking so, for the Nets. So I was looking. I'm like, man, the Nets have a historic offense. They got three bona fide Scores. number one options. Yeah. So they don't really need offense. They do need defense. So I was thinking, mm. P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon for Joe Harris and some pieces from the Nets. Joe Harris is a great player. They don't need him. They don't need him at all. Like, they don't even slightly need him because he's a nice add-on. He can score. But the shots that Joe Harris takes can be distributed evenly between three superstars that are much more reliable. Mm -hmm. P.J. Tucker gives you that grit defensively. And he can shoot. 
and Eric Gordon can defend and also can shoot very well. Yeah. I think the trade works great for both teams because PJ wants out of Houston. Yeah. And obviously Eric Gordon with him. Like, I don't know if the money kind of works if depends on who they throw in. Joel Harris is younger. He's a better shooter. Yeah. Um, Old Depot's expiring. Joel Harris is locked in for the next three years. It's a good backup plan in case he wants to walk, whatever. Okay. I think it's a good trade, man. The one problem is it is it doesn't address their need for a big. And, you know, you can we can take we talk about Drummond or we can talk about whatever. You can he, play small ball with good defense, though. And P.J. Tucker played a whole playoff at the five. Like, I'm not saying he, he, he I mean, will. KD can play some five. DeAndre can play. And the thing I, I, is, when, I don't, you, I don't when want, you surround them with good defense, DeAndre can can hide and be that shot blocker, rim protector. I'm concerned. I'm, I'm concerned about being a shot blocker and being a rim protector and being a rebounder as well. I, as much of of an effort these guys are putting in at the offensive end, I don't want. I don't necessarily want Kevin Durant to be burdened, or to have that ask of him to be, hey, be a rim protector as well while being a thirty point, twenty five point scorer, or be a great perimeter defender while being a twenty five, thirty point scorer. This team isn't built like the like the like the like the Warriors were. KD excelled defensively because of how easy everything was offensively as well, right? So they're not built quite like that. They're a lot more iso ball than they are team ball. I think the biggest need for them is 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 a shot blocking big, is a rebounding big, is a is a is a dominant rim protecting big. So if they're gonna go for a trade, try to trade for a big that, that's decent. J- losing Jared Allen to me was like so I was like, why would like isn't it kind like, of ironic that you, they just gave away that, but why would they go trade for that? That's the thing, but you had it in your hands. They had that's the thing. Losing Jared once that I heard Jared Allen was gone, I was like, that's gonna be a huge deal because DeAndre Jordan has proved that he's that's what they wanted he's though. They don't want him there, man. They don't want him the, there. The guys didn't want him yeah, there, exactly. which is very unfortunate because he is actually going to be a huge piece for their, their success, not DeAndre Jordan. And you can't trade away DeAndre Jordan because he's boys with these guys. Mm-hmm. and They've kind of verbally all agreed to come together. Also probably has no value. Right. So you you hope for a buyout for a big. The, the only th- It's a good trade on the perimeter. I, I think they're missing a, a, a big. Like They need it. They need it urgently, and it, that trade doesn't address it. But if they can go get a, a Drummond off the bio market and then do this trade, I think that'd be a great, great pieces for them to, to pick up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before we end the episode, let's talk uh, Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of uh, trade talks with Lonzo Ball, and then he came out and scored 27 points, Woo! like seven let's go. threes, yes! seven threes. So big game. Yes. Um, but ultimately, I just don't know that. That whole Pelican situation to me, I didn't, I didn't think Stan was the right pick for that coach. Yeah, uh, coaching vacancy. Mm-hmm. They're struggling, man. They're not doing well. Bro. Yeah, I don't know. I think Lonzo needs a better development franchise. I would love to see Lonzo on the Raptors. I think having a guard that's really six. You're big on that. Well, for starting two point guards and they're both tiny, you sub one out for a guy who's six six. Yeah, I think it can work. And then also like it, he can ball handle, take some pressure off of Freddie as well. Mm. Um, because Friday tries to do too much at times and then gives up the ball. Ultimately, he's still a small guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I like his defense. I think he's a good defender. Too. He can defender. fit into the Great system. Defender. Yeah. And we're a pretty fast-paced team. Like, we're running the floor. I think he would fit in pretty well. Um, and we need some excitement, bro. We need some LeVar Ball in the six. I would love some LeVar Ball. <laughs> That'd be great. We need some LeVar in the six. Where do you where do you want him to go? Do you want him to stay? I like, haven't given much thought about where he should go or what team should trade for him. I think... I, if he were to go somewhere just somewhere that's a lot more patient than the Lakers have been and the Pelicans have been, I don't think he's given you absolute garbage for him to be traded this quickly and trade this quickly all the time. Uh, I can... I'm trying to think down the league who who I want him to... See. 
you know, he wouldn't go to Charlotte, but it would be amazing to see him play with, with his brother. Imagine them two too many on the, guards there. Too many guards there, but they can tr- give away some other guards. But that's just like a fantasy thing. You can you can you see those two brothers there, both on the wings or both on the one two, whatever it could be. Um, as far as Fitz goes, I, I, if I'm him, I want to go somewhere where I can start and I can play because I need to prove that I can play and I can I can ball against these guys. So he's got to go to somewhere at the bottom of the East or bottom of the West, and not that he's not already at near the bottom of the West, anyways. Um, so. Anywhere where he's going to get playing time, anywhere where he's going to get development. Um, let's. I was looking right now at the bottom of the, you know, he would, if he were to go to a Chicago, he can run with Zach Levine. He can run with um, a bunch of pieces. Well, they've they got, got Kobe there. White there. They've got Kobe White there, which I don't think they'll give up. You're right. Um, imagine, you know, there's not a team. Where I would I, like him in Miami, man. Dragic is still an older fellow. If I would like him in next in Miami next year, and he got hurt once, too. Once the once they once the once Dragic starts to starts to fall off, and I, I think Miami's culture would be perfect. Miami's culture would be amazing for him. I think that would be a really good fit, and they they probably teach him how to shoot very well. Mm-hmm. Not that he he's been improving anyways. Yeah. Um, Miami's a good is a good look. Um, I mean, anybody can go to the Knicks and get get playing time, but I wouldn't want him to go to the Knicks. So I think Miami as a culture and as a team is probably the best fit for him. Like you like suge- like you suggested. Um, but I'm personally like, I'm rattled at how much he's getting traded and how much he's in trade talks mm-hmm. because I think he can be your, your, your starting point guard for a mid conference team, uh, a mid conference playoff team. Stan Van Gundy. I don't, I don't think Lonzo is the issue where you guys, where the, the Pelicans need to trade him. I think it's a team issue. The team doesn't look good to take JJ Redick out of a, a rotation is this guy's a Top shooter in the league, primo shooter, bro. You don't take this guy out of the rotation for your team. So I just think there's a lot more coaching decisions that are poor there than than Lonzo. Yeah, yeah, and there's uh, there's going to be a lot more to talk about too with them as the season progresses and yeah. you know how, how they move forward as well. Uh, but with that, let's wrap this up, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for your constant support and feedback. Make sure to remember, stay tuned. We got some big news coming up yeah. very very soon that we're excited to share with you all. Um, and you know where to find us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, subscribe, like, comment, tweet, and Twitter, Instagram, whatever, bro. Whatever Just you use. Turn your phone on, on and we should yeah. be the first thing you see. Hey, TikTok is new. Oh, yeah. TikTok. Follow, yeah. Follow,